specifically uh, in uh, Ephesians 4, verse 31, in just a few minutes. Um, the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. If God doesn't like it, we shouldn't like it. Okay? We shouldn't like, if God says we shouldn't do it, we shouldn't do it. Are we going to be perfect all the time? Absolutely not. It's just, we, do, we live in an imperfect world. We're just not perfect people. But we need to, just, we need to try to do our best. Um, so he gives us a laundry list of things that, that quench the Holy Spirit, okay? And this, I, I'm parked here for a reason. I started working on this sermon just, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago because it's been resonating in me. And I've been teaching a little bit in my class. But I want to go to Ephesians um, 4, verse 31. Okay, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, that's cool, it's up there, I like that, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Okay, little bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, put away from you with all malice. Proverbs 18, 21, you don't have to put that up there, but it says the power of life and death is in the tongue. Okay, the tongue has killed more people than any other weapon ever formed. People don't understand that your, what, your words are a weapon, and they go off like a shotgun, right? But we, when, we, when we do this, I'm, I'm going to talk about weed in your friend garden in a minute on that as well. I'm going to go straight to uh, Ephesians 4, verse uh, 32. It, this is how we're supposed to be, okay? And be ye kind to one another, right? Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even if, as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The reason we don't follow him is because most people, I'm not saying you guys, you guys aren't the nod to God crowd, okay? The Wednesday people, are, you guys are the serious ones. <laughs> but I'm saying the general pop, the people, some of the people we work with, some of our clients, they live in verse 31, so much they're angry they're bitter my suitcase is over there i was gonna i was gonna use this as an example they just carry this stuff around right we all have a bag i have so much stuff in this bag it's crazy but i use a lot of it but the problem is most people carry this anger and this bitterness all this stuff in a bag and they don't know how to get rid of it they don't know how to drop it throw it away sometimes the whole bag needs to just be thrown away and you start it's like buying a house i just bought a house you should see i'm purged from uh let's call it Almost 7,000 feet to 3,800 to 2,500 to 1,800. I'm now in 1,600 square feet. It's great. And I have nothing in my attic, so it's crazy. So we carry this backpack on, right? And, and that's, that's the problem is we live in verse 31. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that are... are I'm going to go straight to it, actually. Um, Bitterness, excessive grudge or passionate feeling of hate. It's pretty, pretty crazy. You ever been with, been around somebody and they're just every time you're around them, they're just, it's like they're sucking uh, pickle juice out of a PVC pipe all day. They're just they have nothing good to say about anybody. Constantly talking smack behind this guy's back, that girl's back. It's terrible. You know, we don't serve a God like that. We serve a loving God, but we all know people like that, right? Um, I, I put protection on to stay away from things like this in my life, in the, the bitterness, the rage, the anger, people like that. And I put on the armor of God every day. So Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 20, if you're going to get anything tonight, get the armor of God and put it on and memorize it. Okay, you guys need to memorize it. It is, it is safe. My, my behind more than I can shake a stick at. Okay, so I, I really, really, really.
studied the armor of God and learned how to put it on piece by piece. Because we do live in a world where, where you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual weakness in high places, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. You've got to remember, evil is in this world, not the world we're going to, right? So we've got we to remember, we've got to learn, how, but you've got to learn how to fight. And if y'all don't know scripture, I mean, it's, it's tough to fight Satan if you don't know the word of God. It just is. Trust me. I'm telling you, I'm learning from, I'm from experience. I, sh- I, I told people the prison ministry, and I've told people that know me, I should be, I should be in jail for half the stuff I've done. Or better, you know, I should be dead, actually, for most of the stuff I've done, or at best in jail as we speak for half the stupid stuff I've done. Uh, but I'm not. I'm protected, right? I now have a relationship with Christ, and he's, he's really helped me through a lot of things. So bitterness. Get rid of all wrath. Right? Wrath means violent intentions or extreme anger. When you get angry at people, I don't think most people don't understand. Do you guys know what angry creates acid in your body? Do you guys know that? Your body becomes acidic. So what happens? Your body heats up. You get upset, and and all you're doing is you you know you ever been? We all have had people that don't care for us, right? And there's nothing worse than being across from somebody that that you can't stand, right? Drinking poison, hoping it kills them. We're the ones drinking the poison, but we're hoping they die from what we're doing, right? That It's so important for us to, to understand what all these things mean because the bitterness, the wrath, get rid of all malice. Malice means to hurt for personal gratification. I had a guy that called me about um, three four months ago. I dropped a trailer over by the woodlands, and I've got a couple hundred lots out there. We're going to be in the – we started 200 – this is off topic, but $205,000 right there in the heart of the woodlands area. It's – Nobody's got that. Everybody's forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars more than we are. So I got a guy that I've known for many, many years, and he calls me and he says, "Hey, uh, uh, when am I going? Am I going to get that black oat deal?" And I said, "What do you mean getting it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You owe me one." I go, "I owe you one." I'm thinking, no, you're the guy that I took in, like many people I have for the last ten years. You, you know, you mooched on me. You come in my room at three, four in the morning, and you know, I finally had to kick him out because he was not a good house guest. You know, I'll help anybody, but I do have rules. Anyway, long story short, um, and I won't say his name. Um, it's it, it very frustrating. So I, I, uh, he calls me, and, he's, and, and I, I got a call just a week prior to that before him calling me from a sales manager. I got him a job at another home builder. No one would hire this guy, right? But he's a phenomenal sales guy. Matter of fact, she called this 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 uh, manager called me, and she said, "Hey, I need somebody to, I need somebody bad. I got a neighborhood. I, nobody can sell anything. I've been through five salespeople. I go, okay, I got somebody for you." He's almost impossible to manage, but he can sell like nobody's business. She goes, I'll take him. I get a phone call back two weeks later. You can have him back. I said, oh, I never had him to begin with. Okay. That's, anyway, he's, he's a great salesperson, but he calls me. She, she called me one day very, um, very upset. I said, what's wrong? What's going on, Megan? And she said, man, this guy said some really, he's just tearing you down, telling, saying this, this. Oh, you know, no, Doug, he used to do this. You know, he used to do cocaine, and he used to drink all the time, and he used to party, and, you know, women, and all that stuff. And, yeah, all those things are true. I did all those things. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. Smoke, you know, pack, two packs of cigarettes today, whatever. I did all those things. But that was my past. See, we can't keep living in the past. And I said, and I, t- I told my friend, and, 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 you know, I hate to say he's, he's a good friend, but he's a friend I had to weed out of my garden, right? I said, I almost called, said his name. I said, so, I said, I'll call him Steve. That's not his name. But I said, Steve, let me, let me tell you something, man. I've been watching you. I said, I've been watching you for the last couple of years. I said, uh, when's the last time you've been to church? 
Oh, yeah, I went last, last weekend. I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's not, not a requirement that you have to go to church just to come work for me or anything like that. But I'm, I'm cons- I'm, I want to know where your walk is, right? And they said, uh, so when, when, before that, when was, oh, you know, it was like three weeks ago. I was like, man, I'm pretty sure you're lying to me all the way around, right? But, you know, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips, right? You ever heard that before? I love that scripture. It's in Proverbs. I'll pull it out and show you that in a minute. And I said, uh, why don't you just be honest with me, man? And he said, um, it's been a while. You know, I've been, I've, been, I, I've been, you know, jumping from here around. I haven't found a home yet. And I said, no, you haven't found a home. I, I, get, I get videos of you singing to me at 3 o'clock in the morning, which is very unprofessional, by the way, you know, and just weird stuff like that. This guy never sleeps. I said, I didn't tell him. I didn't want to disparage my friend who, who confided to me and said, hey, I just want you know, I stuck up for you. I said, I appreciate it, Megan. And by the way, you, she already knows my testimony. I was that man, but I'm not that man anymore, right? And she said, I, I had your back. Don't worry about that. And as Christians, as, as believers, we need to have each other's backs. I mean, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, almost a fighting way, okay? I'm being serious. We're supposed to be closer to our, our church family than our own blood. You guys know that, right? I'm closer to most of you guys than I am. I'm very close to my family. But I'm here with you guys more than I am my family. And I said, Steve, I've been watching you. I said, uh, there's just no way. I can't, I can't have... I can't have I can't have you work for me. You don't you don't fit in our culture. Oh yeah, and then he all of a sudden here comes the demon. Oh yeah, you always had it out for me, and you oh he started just I mean berating me. And I said that's the that's that's the that's the guy that's the Steve I was looking for. That's because that's the one I'm going to have to manage. Okay, sometimes when we peel back the orange, sometimes it is an onion. Okay, it just is. You slice it up any way you want it. It may smell on the outside, but when you cut that thing open, it's not going to taste very good, especially a raw onion. So anyway, I'm, I'm saying that to say nothing, nothing bad about him. All I'm trying to do is I want to make him a better man, a better. And I hope he's, he's, he's working on his walk. walk. And I'll never, ever um, give up on him, right? So clamor, that's another thing it says get away from, to make a loud complaint or demand. I, I think this is a, it's that person in the back that's always like, wait, 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 I want to be heard. I want to be heard. Slamming the gavel, right? All the attention goes there, and you forget what whoever's up here trying to talk, right? Clamor. Nobody wants that. You don't need, there shouldn't be chaos in our lives, you guys. There absolutely, positively should not be any chaos. And I will tell you that, just speaking from experience, the way you get chaos out of your life, the way you get the angry people, the bitter people, the clamoring people, the evil speaking people, if people are going to talk evil about you behind your back, you need, you need to weed your friend garden, you guys. You know, and sometimes you've got to keep pulling it. You know that weed that pulls up and it breaks off? That's the worst weed in the, in the deal. It usually grows back bigger. You know, you just keep pulling it. You, you can't quite get the root, right? And some of these roots, you've got to go down deep. Get a shovel, man. Dig in and pull it out. You guys got to learn how to clean your friend garden. It's probably, if I had to guess, that's one of the most important things I can tell you guys tonight besides putting on the armor of God is... You are who you surround yourself with, right? But if I tell my son this, I tell everybody I work with, if you want to see your future, look at your friends. If you want to see your future, look at your friends. Truly hang around with good people. People that I tell my class, Edith's in my class, right? You guys are in my class. Hang around fat people, okay? Faithful, available, teachable. The most important of the three in my book is teachable. Right? If, you're, if, you're, if you can't be taught, 
If I can't learn that, hey, what I'm doing is, is wrong, and some, one, of, one of my brothers or sisters in Christ says, hey, I don't agree with what you're doing, man. Look, let me, let me show you why. And they can basically prove it, show me in Scripture. Then I have to think twice about doing that again. But that's what we're supposed to do. Iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. So we have to continue to surround ourselves with solid, solid uh, people. It's okay to have those friends that are, you know, uh, a little off. Uh, a lot of my, a lot of my good friends that are that love Christ are, are they're a little strange. I'm, not, I'm just going to call it like it is. But but they they absolutely have a, a, a passion for Christ. And so and I will, I will encourage you guys. Don't look at the outer appearance of somebody. Always look at the heart. I tell people all the time, this is how you're judged. We go to, we go to, we go, when we stand up before the gate, before the judge almighty, right? Um, we're going to be standing there, you know, to die. You die once and then you're, that's it. And then you're judged. And we're going to be sitting there. And your head's going to be off, your torso, everything's going to be gone, except there's going to be a glass case over your heart. He's going to look at your heart, man. How'd you treat people? How's, how's, how, how was the fruit on your tree? Was there love, peace, joy, happiness? Was there forgiveness? Was there kindness? Was there gentleness? Was there self-control? So look at all that stuff. You know, we need to self-check each other. We need to self-check each other every day. You know, that's why it says before you speak it, right? Keep, keep every, every thought captive before you speak it. And I think we need to we need to really resonate on that. I'm, I'm big on the fruit of the spirit. Everybody knows me. I'm always talking about check your fruit, check your fruit, man. A lot of people stop at love, peace, joy, but there's a lot more to the fruit. And the two hardest things I will tell that a, a man and a woman have to do is forgive and have self control. Those are the two hardest things I think people have have to do. And that, I'm speaking from from personal experience on that. And I think a lot of us, if if we're not hanging around the right people if you're hanging around the wrong people there you're just going to be like them i'm just going to tell you like it is you just you're going to start talking like them you're going to start cussing like them you're going to start doing their their bad behavior is going to rub off on you whether you like it or not it's just that's just human nature right so keep that clean and and keep it clear so i i feel like and I'm not going to say I, but a lot of us have a lot of things that we have to deal with. We always say, you know, I'm sick. I'm, I'm this. We're speaking that in existence, first of all, which is a terrible thing to do, right? Sometimes we just need to fix our I am. My dad used to tell me when he was in his 30s and I was, I was a young boy, he had rheumatoid arthritis and my dad died of ALS. He was always hurting, always swollen, always had problems. He's like, you just wait until you hit 30. And I was like, well, I don't I'm not even listening to that. I didn't receive it. I didn't even know Jesus Christ then. But I, I, in my mind, I was not receiving that. And I didn't. I don't have, I'm 51 years old. I don't have an ache or pain in my entire body. My ankles, my knees, nothing. Well, I do a lot of crazy stuff. But anyway, I, I'm into a lot of holistic stuff. And I, I feel great all the time. Have a clear mind. God's helped me with that, right? He's helped me to focus right. He's brought the right people in my life. Um, and that's, and I, I can tell all the credit I have in this world comes from him. I, I don't take any of it whatsoever. Um, let's go back to Ephesians 32. Is it up there? Oh, yeah, there it is right here. Be ye kind once another, tender hearted. You know, it only says a kind of a fun fact tenderheartedness is only talked about once in the bible i don't know if you guys know that or not for us 
it's talked a lot about how God is tender-hearted, but it only says it about once about us. I always thought that was interesting. Forgiving one another, even as God uh, has forgiven us. Forgiveness is probably one of the biggest things I think that all of us need to do. You have to forgive. I'm not saying forget what, what somebody did to you. Because I, I believe that when you're hurt, it's, a, it's an emotion, right? And it's an emotion you carry with you. So when you, when you go try to, when you do something that's, that the same thing's done to you, you need to be remembered of how that made you feel. Whether it was a, a, a sexual thing, a drug thing, a, a fight, whatever it is. You've got to remember how that felt. And I think that's, it's important never to forget, okay? A lot of people say, ah, forgive it, forgive it, forget. That's almost impossible, okay? We are human, right? But do your best that tr- to try to remember it so that you don't do what was done to you to somebody else. And I, I feel like that's, that's super important. Um, Kindness starts in your house, okay? So starting, be kind to your wife, to your husband, to your children, to the people at work, even when they're really not nice to you. Kindness starts in your home, okay? You can't be that person at church that raises their hands and praises God and says, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You're, you know, you're hugging everybody, telling everybody great they are. Then you get home and then you just turn into this evil monster, You've got to be careful of how you are. A good Christian and a, a good Christian man and woman are the same way they are at church as they are at home as they are at work. Okay? Exude that. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go to work and be a jerk for Jesus, right? Don't, don't do that. Don't, I, I used to be that way. When I first got saved, everyone was going to hell. I, I was picking up the phone. All y'all are going to hell. I'm the only one. They're like, oh, God. One of my buddies goes, oh, no, he found Jesus. I said, yep, I did find Jesus. But little did I know it didn't stick the first time. Matter of fact, when I got saved at Lakewood, the guy took me in the back. This guy's about 80-something years old, and he had his head down. Some of you guys heard the story. And I said, what's wrong? You know, I just received Christ. It's supposed to be the best day of my life. And he lifted his head up, and he goes, don't be surprised if it doesn't stick the first time. And by that, he wasn't meaning that I wasn't saved by God's grace. He said, the mistakes I'm going to make, sometimes we drift away from God, right? And then he gets our attention. He got my attention when he took everything away from me. I was never going to take my life. But every single thing I had was stripped of me. A child died. My bankruptcy, foreclosure. I toasted $1.3 million. I even have the proof of that. Plus, earned income of $2 million. All of it gone, like literally overnight. It's like, how does this actually happen? Matter of fact, the bankruptcy still following me around. Almost done, but, you know, none of it's fun. But it is my testimony. So when people come to come to me, I've had people come to me, and hey, I'm, I'm ready, ready to off myself. I'm like, really? Okay, well, sit down. They tell me their story. They have no kids. They got it. They're getting divorced, okay? That's basically it, right? That's it. So then I go through this laundry list of stuff, and there's more to my story, but I'm just giving you little cliff notes. They're like, look at me like, what? I said, yeah. What if all that happened to you? Oh, man, I, I could. That happened to me, man. This is what are you doing? There's, this is nothing. Let's, let's snap out of it here. Let's get you back in church. Let's get you back with Christ. I want to minister to you in not a creepy way. I, there's nothing worse than walking in and going, oh, my God, this is everything. Everything's about God. God, this, God, this, God, this, God, that, everything. And, you're, and that's okay to do that. But we should be able to walk in a room and people should know you walk with Christ. Just by how you walk. Does that make sense? 
They need to see Christ in you without you having to take a megaphone and scream it to everybody. There was a girl uh, just before I left, my office manager, Monica. She was super down. I said, Monica, you all right? She's like, no, I'm in the corporate office, this, and this is going on, that's going on. I said, okay, I understand. Well, what's, what's up? Well, they had HR on the phone with me, and they were basically, she's being, uh, if I had to guess, she's being watched to see if, you know, uh, they're trying to fire her, basically. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, got, I got that. I, hold on a second. Ran in my office. I printed out. Anybody that knows me, I keep all these scriptures with me, tons of them, right? This is over the like, last few years. I said, Isaiah 54, uh, 14, verse 15. You don't have to put it up there, but I'll just say it. In righteousness I will be established. Tyranny will be far from me. I will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near me. Whoever attacks me will not be my doing. Whoever attacks me will surrender to me. She goes, I've never heard that scripture before. I said, it works like a champ for me, man. I'm being attacked by, by Satan. I'm like, Satan, get behind thee. And then I start spouting that off. And another good one is Satan. I saw you fall like lightning from heaven. I have been given authority. You have been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Not some. All of the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall harm you. You guys are going to remember that, man. Nothing shall harm you. John 14, verse 1. Let your heart not be troubled. People come to you all the time. I'm like, what's wrong? I go, okay. Yeah, tell me the situation. I go, okay, cool. So what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that's going to happen to you in this situation? Oh, my God, you know. Well, I, 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 I may lose my house. Okay, that's the worst thing that can happen. Well, yeah, I'm talking to you about whatever, being behind. Not, they're not working with me. I said, no. What's the worst thing that can happen to you in any situation you're in? Well, I don't know. And they go through all this stuff. I said, no, you die and get promoted. Think about it for a second. You die and get to go to paradise, right? Our life is but a vapor, okay? And we're here for a mist. One day is a thousand years to God. It's a thousand or ten thousand. Somebody correct. A thousand? A thousand years is one day. We are here like that long. And guess what? When we check out, you get one hour with a coffin or an urn and you know, five or six people to say something nice about you, and then, all right, lunch is in the back. And that's it. You don't want to be known for that, right? But they, uh, I, and I say it jokingly, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious. And people are like, well, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Don't be afraid of death, man. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, your life is a cup of water. When it's poured out, you can't scoop it back in. We got one shot. I'm 51 years old. I hope to God I live, you know, there are 20 or 30 years. And God willing, I will. But we've got to be careful of who we surround ourselves. I keep going back to that. Because a lot of it is our attitude and our actions, right? You have to have the right attitude in order to have the right action. I was moving a, a, a lady's furniture. We had a friend of mine's apartment complex burned down. There's eight families that needed furniture. So I gave a bunch of my stuff away. We're loading stuff out. I spent all day Saturday trying to get out with my friend. And this lady comes out, and she's, her name's Jeannie. She works, works at Walmart, and she's always just got her head down. And it's a woes me, woes me, life is terrible. I say, hey, Jeannie, what's going on? No, not much. And she says, uh, I go, what's going on? She goes, oh, I have to go to work at four. And she's just, just complaining, you know. And I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on? You know, what's up with the attitude? She's like, I just, I hate my job. I hate this. I said, well, change it, right? Change your environment. Change the people you hang out with. Well, I just worry about everybody. Well, quit worrying about everybody. They'll, they'll take care of themselves. And then she, I said, so tell me about work. Tell me something positive about work. And she goes, well, I, I did win, win this award about the most encouraging employee. And I was like, okay. She got all excited and lit up. And I said, okay, 
Well, that's the genie I want to talk to, not the one that has her head down and is, oh, woe's me, or life is terrible. And I had my friend in the car, and I was like, this guy's 72 years old. He lost everything in his 50s. Started over in new home sales in 1996, right across from me. We've been friends for 27 years. He owns an apartment complex, a bunch of paid-off houses, and he's got more energy than five teenage boys. Okay? He's amazing. And he's like, genie, I'm going to send you something, right? Send her something. I said, genie, watch it. You know, so if you're ever having a bad day, here's my card. Call me. I will lift any of you guys. It may take me a couple minutes to get back to you if I'm busy, but I'll get back to you. But just remember what, where, what, what you were talking about or write it down. But I will get back to you, buddy, Jeannie. Anyway, so today was a crazy day. So anyway, I will get back to you. But if you're having a bad day, I, 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 can, I can help lift you up. We need those people around us that we help lift up. I've never had one argument with my friend Steve, and we've been friends for 20-something years, 26 years, 27 years. That's the kind of people I want to hang out with, not the people like my assistant who I get on the phone with. And don't be around people that make somebody, make you somebody God doesn't want you to be. If you're on the phone with somebody or you're with somebody and they just stir your spirit and you want to get mad and you start yelling at that person and you're because they're not getting it because they don't understand anything else. You need to that, you got to cut them out, weed them out of your garden, man. It's OK. At the end of, at the, end of the day, your garden's just nice and clean and all you got is God. That's all you need. You know, I tell people when, I, when I'm counseling and they're going through divorce, I said, the best thing you can do is just be alone. Don't get out there and get on a freaking dating website when your paperwork's still being processed. I mean, ink hadn't dried and you're already trying to get hooked up again. That's, that doesn't make any sense. Take some time. I counseled a few people here and, and outside the church all the time. I'm like, go to dinner by yourself. Well, oh, I would never do that. Why? Go to the movies by yourself. No. Then go, I'll sit across on the other side of the bar. You don't have to drink anything. Just have a meal. See how it feels to just do stuff by yourself. Go grocery shopping. You don't have to have somebody with you all the time, right? God's always with you. He's always with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Forsake you. But man, man will let you down, not some of the time, but all of the time. Your boss, your wife, your kids. God bless them. Your family members, your friends, these people will let you down. But at the end of the day, God will never leave you nor forsake you. I never thought my assistant would come out and just unleash on me. And that that was Satan's offspring right in front of me. And she actually started coming after me. And God said, man, you put on the armor of God today, man. No weapon formed against you will or shall prosper. Amen to that. Nothing is going to penetrate my, my armor at all. And speaking of armor, you know, when we look into the past, okay, what's the, the verse? Um, uh, when a man sets his hand on the plow and looks back, you know, you got a crooked crop. You're not, you're not fit for the kingdom. Don't be like, I'll tell you all the time, don't be like Saul's wife. Don't look back. She, she, liked where, she liked that Sodom. She liked what was going on back there. She wanted to leave. It's fun, right? Sometimes, sometimes we have to do stuff that's not so much fun. Hey, being, being a Christian isn't hard. It's work. I mean, just straight up. You just, again, it's who you surround yourself with. But it's a rough crowd out there, you know. We're being beat up because we're being attacked. People say, well, Bob doesn't go to church. Mary doesn't go to church. And nothing ever happens to them. I said, because Satan protects their path just like God can protect your path. That's what you don't understand. He protects you up until you take your last breath. Remember, the day is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. We're here for a very short period of time. So if you're down, need a good scripture, I got one for you. 
for sure. And I'm glad I was able to help her out. Um, that that that's that's the most important thing for me is to to help everybody that is um, you know you just everyone goes through hard times, right? We all we all have those things that we struggle with. But I'm just telling you, stay away from the bitter people, the ones that are talking bad about you behind your back. That's not a friend. You've got to get rid of these guys. And and most important thing is. I'm going to to talk about forgiveness again because that's the hardest thing I think a lot of people can do. You know, bitterness in your heart is the same thing as murder in God's eyes, right? And we have to remember that. When you're bitter about somebody, it says, it says, don't go to the altar and have, and and have, um, it it doesn't say, uh, it says, go to the altar. If you have, if you have, uh, you know, something against your brother, okay, right there. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 23 through 25. Therefore, if you, if, you are, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. It doesn't mean you have something against them. They have something against you, right? That's just against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar, which doesn't mean altar, but that's a good, it could be, your, you know, just your prayer walk in your car. And you're upset. You've got to leave it at the altar. Your, your altar could be right there, dry, your steering wheel is an altar. You're praying. I pray a lot in my car. A lot. Talk to God a lot. Um, First go and reconcile to them, then come and offer your gift. Hardest thing you can do is to forgive somebody that did you wrong that will never say they're sorry. Toughest thing you'll ever experience is to, to try to forgive somebody that you know they'll never in a million in a million years say they're sorry. And I'll add to that: forgiveness isn't for them; it's for you, because you don't want, you don't want to you don't have to harbor that stuff. You know, if, if you if it bothers you, just stay away from them. I've got family members I stayed away with where we reconciled, and I can honestly say in my family there is. No backstabbing, no hatred. We all love each other. All of us walk with Christ. We all are very close. There's no gossiping. Stay away from your friends that gossip, by the way. If you walk up, walk up to a crowd and you're, you're walking up, and if it's a family member or friend, and the first thing they do is go like this and like this, you turn around and walk away. Or they start whispering. I'm like, why are you whispering? Oh, but I wanted to tell you what was going on. Well, I mean, then speak normal. I don't care if everybody hears. Well, no, I can't do that. Well, then don't say it. You know, if you've got a problem with them, let's bring them in here and sit down and talk to them. It might be painful for you, but let's just do it. Oh, no, you don't know what they've done to me. I'm not minimizing what they've done to you. I'm just telling you, hey, let's, let's instead, of, instead of being bitter towards that person, let's try to work it out, right? Hug it out. Walk out. It's going to make you feel a lot better. If you can hug it out with somebody, even if they don't want to hug you. I had a mother-in-law like that. I felt like I was hugging an ice sculpture every time we, it's like, Lord, have mercy. Praise God for her. Uh, no, um, ex-outlaw. That's what I call her now. It's my ex-outlaw. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I, I need to change my phone. I, will, I, I have my ex... By the way, this is a, a weapon. You know that, right? I have text messages in here that I, I, I'm blown away that I got from a woman that I mentored, called her my sister, helped her, did everything I could, and the things she said were just absolutely horrid, and none of them are true. Maybe one of them are true, but it was just the truth, and... And it wasn't, it wasn't even that bad in my book. But this is like a shotgun. It only has to go off once for someone to feel the pain for the rest of their life. 
So be careful. Everybody hold your tongue. I had to tell her, I've told many people that, y'all hold your tongue. Be very, very careful of, of this weapon. And think before you do it. If you're going to send a nasty email to somebody, don't do it. Write it. Save it to draft. Send it to yourself. Read it. Have somebody else read it. And do, your, do yourself a favor. If you, when you're having talking back and forth with somebody, when, the sales guys know me. They're like, I'm like, look, you guys. Don't build me a watch when you're trying to tell me something. Just tell me the time so I can fix the problem, okay? Just tell me the time. Going back to forgiveness, um, this is a story I heard uh, the other day, and it's, uh, it was about a young man. This was back in the, uh, I want to say it's the 1800s, back when they used to ride trains, right? Well, he got kicked out of his house. Oh, when he was a teenager, you know, teenagers act up. We, we don't know what to do with them. Well, I've got some that have acted up, luckily, you know, mine are straightening up, but it's, it, it takes work, right, and love. We can't give up on our children, okay, for sure. And um, he, parents got fed up with them, kicked him out of the house. He said some horrible things about his parents. I hate you, can't stand you, you're this, you're that, you're, you know, everybody's a terrible parent until you're out of the house, right? Well, he's out. Many years went by. They didn't talk. Many, many years, okay? This man was in his late 20s, early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. And he got saved. He got saved. Had a, has a relationship with Christ now. And he wrote his parents a letter. And he said, I'm going to be in town such and such a day. And I'd like to come visit you and reconcile. And he didn't get a return letter back. But he said, if I'm forgiven... Tie a white ribbon around the tree and the oak tree in the front yard. The biggest one they have, right? He just said a rope or a ribbon, a white one. And just let me know that I've been forgiven. <clears throat> so he got on the train and nervous, biting his nails, shaking, upset. Just everything's running through your head. We've all had that where, you know, it just his mind was racing. Gets off the train. He said, because in the letter it said, if, if the, the ribbon's not there, you'll never know I was there. He was just going to walk right past his own house. Got down the dirt road. And every tree in the yard. She stripped every bed in the house. Tied everything she could together. And every tree had a white sheet around it. Everything white. Every tree in the yard. And he was able to go in and reconcile with his, his mother and father. And some of us need to get the bed sheet out and tie it around a tree. Ask for some forgiveness for some people. And most, of, a lot of us need to clean our friend garden, weed the garden. You know, keep weeding, keep weeding. God's going to plant good people in your life. Just, you've got to ask for it. Ask and you shall receive, right? When two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. He's here with us right now. And I just, I believe that God has a, a, a powerful, he's got, he's got great things for you guys. Each and every one of you. Every one of you have a calling for Christ. 
But don't be that one that has the gift taken away and given to somebody else because you never used it. Because most of the talent in this world is in a graveyard because they never used it. They, never gave, they, were, they had all this God-given talent, and they didn't use one ounce of it, and it, they took it to the grave. Some of us may take 50 years. It took me 51 years to get this opportunity. Do you guys remember when my friend Van, were you at the, this is the last thing. I don't know we got to go. I think I'm, what is it, a couple more minutes. You guys want one more story? This is a good one. My friend Van Wynn, um, was, this was at the men's breakfast. I, I spoke. He actually spoke at the men's breakfast. Called, this, this happened back early this year. He got fired from his job. He's vice president of sales for a, 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 a home building company. And the man he went to go work for, I used to work for. And I said, you know that's not a good man, right? Just want to make sure you've, you, you're protected. You know, he was, he was Catholic, so he'd go to church every once in a while. The only time he read the Bible is when it was in the pew. But he calls me. He's pretty much crying. He said, man, I, I, got, I, got, I got fired. I go, what? All your numbers were good and everything? He goes, yeah. He goes, took me in the room, sat me down. He said, hey, somebody had to go, and it sure isn't going to be me. He fired him. Right-hand man. Kept his $40,000 bonus. This guy's 53 years old, has two kids that are out of college, and God bless, he's got three kids under the age of four, and his wife is pregnant again. Go figure. It's crazy. Right? So needless to say, he needed the money. So he calls me, comes to my, he goes, I, I hadn't talked to him in, I mean, almost a year. And he was my old sales manager at Ryland. Comes to my office, he's crying. I said, what's up, man? He told me what was going on. And um, he goes, will you pray with me? I said, absolutely. We were praying. I'm holding his hands. And we're praying. And I'm, I'm, we prayed for like 10 or 15 minutes. I'm, anybody knows me, I don't pray for a really long time, okay? I always say Jesus' prayers were short. Lazarus, come forth, you know, three words. <laughs> So we prayed, and I was praying, and he and teardrops dropping on my hands. And I looked at him, and I said, Van, you got Christ in your, in, in your heart now, right? He said, yes. I, I've, been, I've been listening to the things you've been sending me. I said, that's because now you're being attacked. But God's going to promote you. And I'm telling you right now, and you mark my words, you will be the next Billy Graham of Vietnam. That is my, that's what I, I didn't, that just came to my heart. And he spoke at our men's breakfast. I think you were there, Mike. Were you there? And he, and he gave his testimony about the Bible at the bookstore. God led him there. It was the one verse opened up. It was an amazing testimony. He called me last week. We had lunch on a Wednesday. He calls me. He's like, hey, man, can we, you have lunch? I said, yeah, sure. He said, I wish I could listen to the message. He's like, God is so good. He is so good. He is so good. I've been faithful. I've been praying. I've been listening to the word of God. I've been teaching my, my employees, the people I work with, and, and just mentoring everybody. He called me up and he said, um, I quit my job. I go, what? He said, yeah. He said, I, I got another offer. I said, well, what, what is it? And he goes, two Indian billionaires flew into town. Two guys that he used to work with with his old company saw how he was treated and said the guy, when he got fired, he, he held his high, head high. Didn't talk bad about that man, even though what he did was an evil, evil thing. And he never said one poor thing behind that man's back. He said, it gets better. I said, what's that? He said, I inked the deal in their, in their 737 jet. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, it's all macked out. I was, this guy doesn't get intimidated very easily. He's like, this, this is a flying, like the president would fly in. He said, it had bedroom. It had kitchen. We had lunch on the, on the jet. He inked the deal. He got, he, his, his salary is almost twice what he was making as, as, a, as a, a sales manager at Beezer Homes. He's 53 years old. He, he's got a, a, a 
commissions, up to half a million dollars capped. And then after that, it goes into a trust fund for his family. 2%, he owns the company. Everything's in writing. He's already inked it. He, the guy said, he goes, you know what got my attention? He said, well, I said, what's that? He said, we create generational wealth. I said, you are, I mean, I was, I was just elated. People were look, looking at us. I was like, how come you didn't tell me this on the phone? He said, I had to see you in person. Just wanted to see your expression, man. He goes, God, I got promoted. And I, said, he, I said, yeah. And he goes, guess where I'm going? I'm going to Vietnam to build churches, man. I was like, dude, that is awesome. He said, I'm going. And he goes, you spoke that in my life. And he goes, I was, I've been praying over and over again. How am I going to have the money to be able to do this? I make $130,000 plus bonus. I might make a buck 60, buck 80. That's a lot of people, a lot of money for some people, but not two kids in college and three, three out of the womb and one on its way. That's a lot of money, man. I mean, that, it takes a lot of money to raise a herd like that. So he said, uh, I, I said, dude, you're getting promoted. He goes, Doug, it's generational wealth. I'll have millions and millions of dollars. This guy's basically guaranteed it. Two of his friends, there's three guys running the company. It's, it's an amazing business, and I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic for it. He waited 53 years for his, his, his blessing, and for God waited that long for him to finally say, are you serious? Are you serious about me? Are you serious, finally going to step up? You got, what else are you going to do? Start believing in me. And, and I, we just started mentoring each other. And, and, he, and it starts, you never know who you're going to touch. I always used to say this, you never know who you're going to touch. It's going to be the next Billy Graham. And that man is going to be the next Billy Graham of Vietnam. Or Joyce Myers or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's a ton of great people you could, you could list off. But I just want you guys stay encouraged, stay faithful, and stay around your fat friends. Right? Let's all say it. What's fat stand for? Faithful, available, what? Teachable, faithful, available, teachable. Remember, surround yourself with, with those kind of people and you got it, man. They're going to they're gonna have your back every step of the way and uh, I'll have all y'all's back. Okay? You got my word on that. Each and every one of you mean a lot to me and I love you all very much. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, too. So, we're done, right? 37, 38. I don't even know what time it's supposed to be over, to be honest with you. This is the first time I've ever even stood on this stage. And not even for prayer. I'm over there. I'm back there. So. I'm going to pray for you guys really quick and, and, uh, and, and just some of your family members. I know some of the family members here that, that, that aren't here, obviously, but at home. And I just wanted you to know that, that God loves them, too. And don't give up on them. You know? And, and Josh and I talked about this. You know, there, there's clamor going on in the house. Nip it. Right? I've been watching you, man. God's got great plans for you. We talked about that. We really did. We talked about it. And, and, I, and, and I don't say that lightly. And I don't, I don't give that out like it's a free token. I'm, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying from the bottom of my heart. And um, some of us need to, you know, be a blessing to people. And don't be a jerk for Jesus, right? Don't shove it down their throat. Quickest man's heart is not down his throat, okay? So start loving on people. Be kind. Be gentle. Be courteous. And keep your eyes open. I was, in the, I was in the store the other day and just help somebody that needs help. Lady in a wheelchair. Hey, put this in her bag for her. Just be a cognizant of what's around you. We're also worried about this and who's calling and what's going on. And we forget. We don't look up anymore. We're always looking down. Let's quit looking down. Keep your phone in the car every once in a while when you go eat dinner with your family. Try it. It works. And have one-on-one with people. Because people, people need you guys. Everybody needs a friend especially a good godly friend, okay?
Father God, we come before you and we just, uh, I just uh, humbly thank you for this evening, Lord. And I just, I thank you for giving me the words that resonated in my spirit to be able to give to everyone here, Father. And and I know Wednesday's hard for people to come, Lord. And, and Lord, I know that each one of the people that are here today are going to be blessed. They're going to be blessed and not cursed, okay? Above and not beneath, the head and not the tail. The lender and not the borrower. And no weapon formed against anybody in this room shall prosper, Father God. Nothing. Anything going on in their lives, Lord? I just pray that all those fiery darts will be quenched, Lord. And I pray that their feet are shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere they walk, peace fills the room. Everywhere they walk, I want peace to fill the room, Lord. And just touch each other's heart here, Lord. Cleanse them. Cleanse their heart. Give them new wineskin. I pray for their family members that are struggling, Lord, with either addiction or, or problems or just the hatred they have in their heart. Father God, I pray that, that, that everybody in here is a light to that person. When they walk in, they see Jesus. They see you, Lord. And I think it's so important that they see you, Father God, because you are on our hearts all the time. And we want people to see that without even saying anything. And I know that everybody in this room is a blessing to somebody. And I know everyone in this room is going to touch not just one, but many people. And, the, and your testimony, the testimonies in this room are going to change more lives than I can even shake a stick at. And, Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing in each and every person's life, Lord. I just ask for abundance. I ask for guidance and direction and, and wisdom. I ask for a clear mind. Every hand, everything that their hand touches prospers, Lord. And, Father God, just uh, just be with them like you are in this room right now. And, Father God, it, it, it help us to remind us that if it's good, it comes from you. And if it's bad, it comes from Satan. And we're not to speak it. We're going to hold our tongue and speak life in people's life and not death. And we thank you, Father God, for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.